Hello and welcome to Board Game Buddies, a podcast chatting all about board games and hanging out with my pals, and hopefully you will become our friends too. Uh, today I have Lilith. Hello. Uh, me and Lilith have worked together a long time, uh, but only found out just sort of after the pandemic that actually we're, we're really into board games. And it was somewhere around then, I think, that this whole this whole thing has essentially started, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a couple of two-player games. Um, two, two very different <laughs> two-player games. Um, and ones that I imagine haven't seen too much coverage. Uh, both are fairly old. One's from 2002. Um, so, what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about Lord of the Rings, The Confrontation. Uh, designed by uh, Rainer Knizia, uh the, the joyous legend that many of you know. It's an asymmetrical, uh, Stratego-like game themed around Lord of the Rings. Uh, each player controls a force of nine unique characters uh, whose identities are hidden from their opponent at the beginning of the game. Uh, each player starts off with a hand of nine unique cards which are used to resolve combat and uh, characters move out across the board. Uh, the victory conditions of the players are also asymmetrical. The Fellowship player wins when Frodo gets into Mordor, thus destroying the One Ring, uh, while the evil player wins by either killing Frodo or by moving three evil characters into the Shire. Um, so hopefully that's fairly self-explanatory. Um, Lilith, do you want to go a little bit more into sort of uh, the, the rules? Yeah, that... I think covers a lot of it, but it's um, you're each trying, moving always forward across the board, except for some very specific exceptions. And that movement becomes very important um, because while you are trying to win battles, you are also at times trying to avoid battles. The battles happen when you move into someone else's spot. You each reveal what character you are bringing to the fight um you and then you play cards which either add strength to the strength number already on your character or do special abilities like retreating or sacrificing yourself in order to kill the other character um and depending on which characters you are bringing sometimes none of that matters and you've brought a flying Nazgul to a Lagolas fight, and you're just dead. <laughs> I think that's the, the the one where the flying Nazgul would win. No, Legolas immediately oh, defeats the flying Nazgul. I completely got that the um, wrong way around. That's yeah. So each character has a special ability, and they range from um, stopping another player from using their special ability, um, letting characters retreat when they have fought also quite a few of them match them up with other characters and say they will instantly defeat them if in any battle um or instantly defeat characters if you've attacked them all kinds of fun stuff yeah it's one of those games where at first it feels like there's quite a bit of information to take in but once you've played a few rounds you start to get the gist of it and it very quickly becomes this mental cat and mouse of figuring out where the placements are and there's kind there's like there's a kind of a few general strategies i would say uh, like if you're the good team you're 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 trying to get 
the the baddies to to come forward so you've got an opening somewhere in Mordor um so then you can sort of take Frodo down the sides and then come back in um a couple of bits on that so uh the good guys I want to say the hobbits I think it's mainly the hobbits they can go down the river can't they on the other side um so when you're going through Fangorn and places like that um and also Frodo, if he is revealed, he, he can retreat sideways. There are certain areas on the board in which uh, those things can't happen, as I very quickly found out when I was in the mountains. If you're in any mountain region, you you can't go sideways. And that was... And a... that was very sad for everyone. <laughs> uh, you, what, uh, yeah, I think there was something very joyous of you going, now I have noticed something in the rule book, and it feels like cheating. But actually, I'm I'm gonna win. <laughs> um, so we, we've we've just played this a couple of times today. Um, it is currently out of print. So the the version I've got is the original version. There was another version that came out in 2013, which was the deluxe edition, uh, which comes with I want to say a few more cards, and then basically uh, each character also has a flip side that will have slightly different elements. Um, I very, I was very lucky. I found this in a charity shop for two pounds, and I think it's the best two pounds that I have ever spent. Um, but what I, I know why I think this is so good. But what do, you, what do you think makes this such an incredible game? I think there is something about the the way the powers of the characters are all set up in such a way that there is a kind of in maybe not immediately obvious but pretty obvious um optimal way to play them but the thing is is the other player also knows that so as soon as you've played one game as soon as you've worked out those optimal strategies so has your opponent so you're actually trying to be like wait how can i play worse with this character so they actually think that they're over there and I can trick them into trying to come and attack this character when really ooh I'm over here like one of the first ways that that happened I think between us was Frodo and Sam are more powerful when they're together Sam you know beefs up and can take the punches for Frodo yeah so you want to keep them together for a lot of the game except if only two of your characters are together on the board, your opponent's kind of going to be immediately thinking, oh, that's Sam and Frodo, and I need to kill Frodo, so I'm going to gun for them. Um, so there, very early on, I think there was a lot of, oh, I wonder if these two characters could be Sam and Frodo. They're definitely <laughs> not people who would actually kill you if you tried to come get them. <laughs> yeah, it kind of constantly becomes this... There's a game being played on top of the game, which is, oh, oh, I see. You're going for the double bluff, aren't you? No, wait, what if they're going for the double, double bluff? Actually, what if that is just the, what, that, that's got to be Balrog that's in Moria. I know it's Balrog that's in Moria. Um, yeah, because there's lots of card, uh, sorry, characters that, um, you place them in certain places and they're going to be more powerful. So Balrog, for instance, when he's in Moria, if there's a there's a tunnel that goes through Moria to get you to the other side if you're the good team. Uh, but if Balrog is there, whatever character tries to do that is instantly defeated. So as soon as whoever's playing as the baddies puts uh, one of their characters there, you're kind of instantly like, well, that's going to be Balrog. Uh, 
But yeah, like you were saying, once you've played this a few times, you're you're constantly trying to figure out how can I make them think that is what I'm doing, but set myself up for three turns later or four turns later to that's when I'm actually doing it, and and it, it and it just looks like oh I've you know I've gone through some of my my baddies and they're coming, you know they they're not expecting it as much, so it just becomes this constant brain burn mm. of oh what what are you actually putting down and I, I think that was the first time in those couple of games like that time where you're like i am just gonna blitz forward and <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so that's the thing is that often the kind of double bluffing strategies are bad s- strategies in terms of games so the second game when matt was playing as the baddies and I was playing as the goodies I was like well we always hold Frodo back we always try to like get him in behind other stuff I'm just going to move him forward as quickly as I possibly can get the Balrog out of the way move through that mine so I don't have to worry about not being able to move sideways in the mountains see this is the thing about this game is you're like suddenly all the levels of little rules build up on top of each other and you're thinking about all these strategies without even thinking about it but yeah but the thing is is that frodo is a is a poor poor weak weak poor boy um so i managed to get within a good a good touching distance of of um god what's it even called the mordor mordor (laughs) can't walk there um <laughs> cannot walk there turns out you can't run there either even if you run really fast you will just get crushed you just got by the re- weight <laughs> yeah you've just got to really slyly move to the side to mordor don't mm. you um yeah and that was the first game in which um so there's a couple of characters on the bad side the black rider and the flying nazgul who are the only ones that can move uh more than uh one uh adjacent block essentially so the flying nazgul you can move to any area in which there's only one good character in it if there's two good characters you you won't be able to do that you can only then move the adjacency like you would any other character Um, and that was the first time that i was just jumping back and forth of the nazgul and just being like oh i'm gonna hope it works um but yeah i was just thinking the other the, the the other game that's being played is then the bluffing game of the cards because there was there was a couple of times where I was like, okay, the first two games of this we played, I very much used my magical powers first. I'm hoping Lilith remembers this, and I will just try and play her like high cards, and it and it worked for a couple of rounds. But th- there's so much of that game in which you're trying to remember what the other person has played card wise, so you're not just going to end up wasting your higher numbered cards because uh, for. Actually, can you remind us what's the um, the uh, the card uh, numbers for both good and bad? So, um, g- good characters, you get the cards one to five. Bad characters, you get the cards one to six. So you do get a little bit stronger. The kind of payoff is you you get one more magic card as a good character, and the kind of equivalent one that you get 
as the good characters is noble sacrifice. Both characters are immediately defeated. So it is, yeah, it's definitely an asymmetrical game, not only in terms of you're doing different things, but in terms of it is a lot harder to win as the good characters. Yeah, it's incredibly weighted towards the bad guys because it's Lord of the Rings and it's it's meant to be this sort of, you know, it's uh, you, know, you against against the odds, essentially, isn't it? Uh, the, the runtime of this game is also incredible as well. It's generally somewhere between about 20 to 30 minutes, I would say, on average. Um, and at that playtime, it feels incredibly um, thematic and just big and so much going on. It feels like you have literally gone on this huge adventure. I, I do occasionally feel like Frodo... Or I don't really know who I feel like as the bad guys. I think if I was going to see myself in any of them, uh, most pro- most probably Shelob, actually. Mm. The, just the spider hoping to one day get back to Gondor. See, I think probably a kind of flying Nazgul-esque character. Like, constantly, constantly, you go somewhere because you think those hobbits are there you and you, you grasp them they're just they're just out of your reach and every time you think you're gonna get them i don't or oh, they're gone they're gone yeah and it's so sad <laughs> there is uh there is some other bits to the game that we've never played there's a few extra cards that you can put in which is uh things like gandalf the white and i think something to do with mordor apologies listener we haven't done as much hard research uh, as maybe we should have done with those bits. But to be honest, you don't need them. This game is so good just as it is. Um, I, th- I think this is one of my favourite games. Especially, I think it's definitely one of my favourite two-player games. Yeah, I th- and I think it's my favourite like short game. I'm generally... The things that I lean towards are the, thing, are the games which, you know, sp- end up sprawling out for four to five to six hours because you're kind of thinking about oh and this means that and trying to optimize everything that's happening and i think this game really packs so much of that in just in a couple of minutes and i think with the it's incredible how much with how asymmetric it is you still get so invested and feel like you as the good characters even though you know it's such insurmountable odds you still you can still see it just on the edge but at the same time as the evil characters even though you know that it is a little bit easier for you that then that it is a little bit more probable you're going to win there's always that chance that frodo slips sideways Mm. just at the last moment and is and is past you and can get to the finish line and you're like oh got a pin a little man down (laughs) (laughs) that little little man yeah i i think i think as the bad guys it feels like one mistake and i have completely messed this up on the good side it feels like all right well well i didn't need gimli sean bead's done his thing oh boromir's uh special ability is that he is worth zero strength and you and the other character just instantly die so a wonderful sean bean character ability uh but yeah as a good team you just constantly feel like 
well, I didn't really need them anyway. And there's always this moment at the free quarter mark, I feel, um, where you're kind of, you're, you're nearly over the other half of the board. You're nearly over to sort of really the, the bad the bad guy's realm. And you're like, if I just get these next two moves right, Frodo might have a clear path. There is a, there is a weird thing I always have in my head when playing this of um, a bit of Blood Bowl. It does feel like there's this weird, like, uh, almost NFL-style tactic of, all right, well, if I could just make this run, if I could, if I could put together this play of them thinking that Frodo's on the left side, but actually I've got him on the right, and I managed to get the other team to start going that way, I might just clear myself a path to go down. Something about the forward movement, isn't it? The... Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Something about this strategical uh, setup of play of characters where you're putting them. Which is a, a a weird connotation to have with a game that's just uh, basically Lord of the Rings. I mean, you heard it here first, folks. Lord of the Rings is just a blown out of proportion NFL game. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did did Lord of the Rings become? Did Lord of the Rings get written before? It. Oh, oh, I I think it might be to google for a very oh, quick yeah. diversion into well you, i can look up the date of lord of the rings if you look up the date of absolutely yeah so NFL. Um, we are going to try and have a quiz <laughs> in every one of these podcasts at the end uh, but this is basically your first question listener what do you think was created first lord of the rings or american football Okay, have you got your date? I I do have my date, and I think um, I think you're going to be surprised. It's going to be early. It's I. It's going to. I think American football's probably before, especially now that I'm looking at the release date of Lord of the Rings. I think American football's maybe twice as old as it. Mm, maybe not twice. It, can I get? Can I guess when? Oh, American absolutely! Football yeah, is? yeah. Is it? Eighteen nineties. You're close. You're pretty close. You're about twenty years Ooh, out. Nineteen tens. Wrong way. Eighteen sixty nine. Players from Princeton nice. and Ru- I mean, I I could be, but it seems like this is the little blurb that I've got about it. Um, but it's funny. So that's this is saying with rules adapted from the London Football Association. So that actually is a, a different type of American football, like maybe the the startings of it. But the sport of American football itself, Lilith, you were pretty much bang on, 1892. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And yes, um, and Lord of the Rings was published in 1954. <laughs> sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's uh, a, nice, a nice clear-cut question for you first. Um, And talking about sports (laughs) and the ways in which they are dramatised, seeing as Lord of the Rings is an adaptation of a particularly dramatic NFL match, um, shall we move (laughs) on to our next game? Absolutely. What an incredible segue. Um, Yeah, ladies, gentlemen, uh, boys and girls and everybody else around the world we are going to be talking about luchador the mexican wrestling dice game uh this came out in 2014 um and also oh, just to sort of let you know at the recent uk games expo 
the sort of re repackaged version of this or i guess really like the second edition of this has just sort of come out or is being demoed whilst i was there which is called lucha wars which kind of adds up to this but luchador mexican wrestling dice is a two-player dice game uh with also optional rules so that you can have tag teams so you can go up to four uh, and it's based or on six or six so three versus three uh based on the popular world of professional mexican wrestling or lucha libre luchadors uh players start with 21 points of health and uh roll custom dice to either reduce the opponent's strength to zero to win by a knockout or hold the opponent down on the mat for a count of three to win by a pin. Uh, you start off in two different corners. That doesn't particularly matter. This is just a game about chucking dice. Yes, it it is. And there is a little bit... Um, I'd say... We both found it a little bit um, more luck-based than we like both our... Than we like most of our games. But probably the most skill comes in throwing the dice so that they do not fall off the little wrestling ring that mm. you build which is surprisingly difficult though it did, though I was hoping it would devolve into slightly more um is it cube quest style flicking of trying yeah. to knock each other's dice off which is a game where you uh, each build a little castle of dice and then flick them at each other to try and knock your opponent off the board yeah i we i think we were both a bit ambivalent about this game wasn't we it was it, um it it's kind of good fun there's there's not too much to it yeah you are checking dice so you can either have uh, a little wrestling ring that you build that has string around it so it's slightly higher up off your table um or you, there is also a mat that you can throw the dice on both of them though have the mechanic that if the dice are out of the ring uh you will not be able to use them you're both throwing four dice uh and i want to say that your options are either hit miss counter or block or pin or pin so five. Ooh, that's a good one what's the what one do you reckon is that's doubled up do you reckon it's two misses let's or have a look yeah we're um... gonna find out This is where I will make some sort of segue of music. Two hits. Excellent. So two hits, one counter, one block. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. Uh, and a miss and a pin. Um, so counters are actually better than anything else, really. Well, kind of. It's so long as somebody else has a hit. But basically, hit, you get to hit them. But if somebody has a block, they block it. If they have a counter, they'll counter that. Uh, if you miss, you miss. You, you Basically, you line up your four dice afterwards if you manage to keep them all in the ring. And you work out from there how many hits each person has. Um, and then you roll another dice that will be the hit dice, which has uh, all of the wrestling moves. So you have things like... a like a back chop, like a Ric Flair, whoo! Uh, you'll have a, a chokehold, you'll have uh, five... Boots, six, boots. Yeah. <laughs> boots, boots, baby. Uh, chair, chair smash and table slam. Uh, table slam is the highest. Uh, back chop, chokehold and... Boots, boots. And boots, boots are all one. Uh, so you're throwing these and you're trying to whittle down each of your... Uh, sorry, your opponent's strength 
uh, to get them to where they are pin ready. So that's when you get from 14 or under and then you'll be able to try and pin them. Or uh, you may get a couple of extra hits that you can put together to throw your lucha dice in which you will then be able to use your character's special ability. So it'll be things like doing a hurricanrana or some sort of uh, big moonsault off the top rope or uh, something like this that will do much more damage than most of the things that you would roll. Um, and the pin mechanic actually I think is the most fun and most mechanical thing about it. Uh, do you want to kind of go briefly into how that works? Yep, so once you've got to the point where someone can be pinned on your normal attacking dice, one of the options is pin. For each one of those, you have at the end of that round, you go through this process. You throw a special yellow pin dice and that once again has options such as you pin them, you don't pin them, you could stun them, which means that they get fewer dice next round. Those might be the only options. There might be another one. Who knows? Um, but if you do manage to pin them, the person who has just been pinned has three attempts to escape, like the, you know, three, two, one of being pinned to the mat. So oh, I hate to break it to you. No. They don't they they don't count it down. They go one, two, three. Yeah. Ah, oh, I have I have been revealed as a wrestling philistine um but yes the they go one two three they go one two three you roll your attack dice and if you get three blocks or three counters then you can escape you kind of yahtzee rules you throw them once you can keep any blocks and counters and then keep throwing um and there definitely is i think that is the bit of the game where you get some of the tension and the excitement you get hyped don't yeah. you yeah that's that's most probably i think the only part you get hyped though i, I mean uh, that's how it was for when we were playing i think it depends on uh why you're bringing this game to the table um i think if you have uh younger people that you're playing with i think kids under sort of 10 maybe a little bit younger will really enjoy this it's super colorful it's a fantastic production it looks really really good but there's a you're just you're just chucking dice you're not really doing anything else but for them it'll most probably feel like your body slamming and choke mm. holding and you know doing all these fun things um the only other one i think is if either you've played something big you you're kind of done with everybody making a better engine than you in some sort of big euro game and you just want to chuck some dice and be like ha i've choke slammed you i hope that hurt and i hope that reminds you of when you took all, all of the oil in that game that we played earlier <laughs> i feel like this is definitely gonna a now good barometer for our future game evenings that if Matt brings Luchador out, maybe it's time to let him win one. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. But unfortunately, it's down to luck, so yeah. it's most so probably you... not a good idea. <laughs> uh, it, it is like... So yeah, the the board, the ring, looks gorgeous. I love the little elastic rope around the edge. Mm, yeah. um, the characters 
look lovely and all the descriptions of the wrestling moves are great but it just feels like um i was almost wishing that there was almost a more kind of tabletop rpg storytelling element because i wanted to i wanted us to have to describe what the moves were and kind of get more into that so that it felt a little bit more into it because you do end up without that just counting oh hit hit block i roll one dice oh minus one point for you and again (laughs) (laughs) yeah there are some advanced rules um which basically give your character uh some advantages and disadvantages um i think the character that i played with uh my advantage was that if i rolled a miss uh i got to re-roll it um and my negative was ooh, what was my negative i think it was if i did five damage against you in one turn you just lost I don't think I just lost. I think I got stunned. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Man, and I didn't even manage to do that. No. I lost very badly, of course, because it is a purely luck-based game. <laughs> any, I'd like to add a disclaimer that any skill-based games, um, as long as they're not asymmetric, like the first one, basically any losses that I sustained today were entirely out of character. <laughs> In, in true heel fashion, Lilith, you have uh, made sure that you have, uh, yeah, you've, you've got out scot-free. Um, to be fair, though, I, th- I think if we did have a, maybe like a, ta- a table of us and our, and our buddies mm. of where we were, I would say you most probably are at that top spot or sort of around it. You, you do usually pick up on the strategy a lot quicker than most of us. It's because I cheat. <laughs> And by cheating, you mean you you read the rule book thoroughly. Yeah, I mean, that's basically cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge is power. Um, I do have a, a couple of questions for you. Oh. So, Rainer Knizia, who created the Lord of the Rings confrontation, a rough ballpark figure, how many games has he designed and have been published worldwide? It's going to be high. I, do, I would also find it interesting to do an over-under on... Um, him and uh oh who's the guy who does 66 bulls or whatever it's called 66 bulls you know there's loads of bulls and you don't want the bulls and there's numbers and there's six in a row and Mm. you're like um but he does loads of other stuff as well this is very oh it's it's another i think he's german they're all german all the good ones are all the good ones are but he also, but he's also written like um. Anyway, anyway, um, I've gone off topic. Right, question was yes. how many games? Sixty-two. Ooh, add 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 a zero, and plus eighty. Seven hundred. Seven hundred. Yeah, yeah. He's released a lot of games. I've I've got a I've got that book up there near you of the of dice games. Uh, Made easy, something like that by mm. Ryan Eckert. here. Uh, he has done a lot. Uh, from what I remember as well, he he doesn't really particularly play games much, but he has loads of boxes of just um, tokens and bits that you would need to create them, and occasionally just pulls things out. And I'm really sorry, Ryan Eckert, if you ever do hear this and you don't sound like this, but it's just like, oh, <laughs> oh no, what? Matt, already, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> already we are terrible accents, absolutely. 
oh, what would I do with this little piece? Um, and just from there is able to create a full game. Um, here's another question from for you. Uh, within Lord of the Rings, it has a vast history of which which age uh, is Frodo Baggins from? Okay, so I'm not sure if the ages have other... Uh, they probably have other names because I know that in a bit of the book, one of them's like, the age of elves is over, now is the time of men. But I imagine that there's a different name for it. But I'm going to go for age of elves because I do not know any of the languages in Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. It was it was a good choice, uh, but it was actually the, the third age. Oh, of course it was. And... Uh... Here we go. A bit of a wrestling one for you. Oh, yes. I know approximately three wrestlers. So let's see what this is going to... Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Vince McMahon recently mm-hmm. has been uh, pushed out of the company that he created, the WWE. Mm-hmm. He bought this off his father. What year did he buy the World Wrestling Federation from his father? 1987. Oh, 1979. Oh! I want to say the first WrestleMania was 1983. But let's find out. It was 1985. Close, though. I will try and figure some more questions, and it will most probably be edited in really beautifully mm. but that 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 was a few that i could quickly find from there um i think we've done some good talking about board games i think we have very much talked about at least two board games yeah yeah <laughs> we, we've at least done and... i mean we have touched on over 700 so that's pretty <laughs> impressive i think which is similar to publishing that amount as well as well yeah. i think yeah yeah we can pat ourselves on the back for that all right well, thank you so much to listening. To listening. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, wherever you found this. Thank you for uh, taking some time to be with me and Lilith today. Um, I'm not sure where this may be released in terms of the order. This could be the very first podcast. This could be, I don't know, the 3rd, 4th, 10th, 25th. Who knows? Uh, but thank you all so much for listening. And uh, I wish that I had a really good tagline that was something sort of buddy based can you have you got anything that comes to mind you've got a buddy in me <laughs> that's okay. scrapped no no no, no. um that's unfortunate because i do have it recorded and can just oh, really no. layer it up oh no no. Have the Toy Story music just no. sort of slightly going no. pitching tune down each time. No. All right. Well then. Right. Um, I think that's it. Goodbye. Thank you. We will never escape. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never escape the Toy Story. Not not when Wallace is about. Thank you so much, listeners. Goodbye.